Thank you very much for staying back. Uh, so we've got quite a short time because Wildrise will need to set up um, for the evening show. So, you know, we'll go straight into it. So on stage with me, we have um, Corey, Nabila, Carolyn. Their bios are in the little leaflet that you would have been given. I'm actually sitting in for uh, Teo Shouting, who is unwell today. Um, but we're all writers and um, critics and art writers, and we also have a small reading group where we meet regularly just to read about, you know, criticism and try to educate ourselves um, to write about the wonderful work that Singapore artists are doing, but really from a kind of Southeast Asian perspective, um, as a way to, I think, in a way, decolonize criticism. We try. Anyway, um, so we watched, just for the, in terms of disclosure, we actually watched this play last week. We didn't watch the one that you've just seen. Um, but we've, so we wanted to just give ourselves a bit of time to think through our res responses to really what is a complex work, but it's also a work that sits within quite a complex period in Singapore, both within the kind of uh, the, the space of this year, but also in more, more recent weeks, right? Um, we'll speak, each, each of us will just give a few minutes, we'll talk about some of the things that have struck us, some of the things that we've enjoyed, some of the things that we might have questions about. And then we'd really love to open the conversation up with all of you to agree with us, disagree with us, to ask questions, to, to give us your insights. All right, so maybe we'll start with Corey. Okay, thank you so much. I mean, I'm quite like, wow, there's so many of you. So thank you so much for, for staying back and chatting with us. Um, and, and thank you so much to the, it's quite nerve-wracking to come after the amazing cast <laughs> who graced the stage right before us. But um, I, was, I was really excited to um, encounter Merdeka and, and was really taken by it um, last week. Also thinking about the broader trajectory in which I think a lot of Singaporean artists have been thinking about our histories, our identities, not just within uh, the bicentennial year, but beyond that, I think beginning with um, the notion of an SG50. Um, I, I was thinking about how um, this kind of follows in a trajectory of um, plays like Hotel, um, the Alfian wrote with Marsha van der Straten in 2015, and then Tiger of Malaya last year, um, Drama Turk by Chantra, presented by Theatre Ekamatra, that looks at these ideas of um, reenactment. How do we reenact um, moments in history to reclaim or reframe or bring to light um, certain stories or narratives that um, perhaps go unnoticed by, by many of us? Um, and I really enjoy this, this kind of strategy of reenacting, because often I think when, when we first come into Madeka, we see all these objects um, under glass in boxes. Um, and you think of you know, how we look at things in the archive or in history as static um, material objects. How do we use these things and, and you know, from the bone of the archive interpret what the flesh is on them? And I think performance gives you a very embodied way to look at how um, these forms are fleshy and can mutate and evolve over time. Um, and I find it so interesting that you know, we have six characters here in Madeka. And I, I think of the play, Six Characters Go in Search of an Author uh, by Pirandello. And really, you have six characters here going in search of a country or a history. And you see how that becomes a very complicated thing that's interwoven with other, um, what we think of other regions' histories, but really we are very, very enmeshed. Um, so those are kind of, I think, some of my initial thoughts about where Madeka sits in, in context. Carolyn? Thanks, Kathy. Um, Following on from what Corey's just said, I, I approach this from the standpoint of an educator. And the, the starting point is that 
It is a very important play. Madega is an important play because it discusses important issues. And the more people who are aware of these issues, the better. Um, so if I were to sort of like break this down for me in terms of the key concerns as an educator, uh, first of all, I would ask the question, uh, are my students one of the target audience? And the other is, what would they take from this work? Uh, with regard to the first question, given the intellectualized feel of Madeka, uh, you know, the, the, the play does touch on issues that have already been explored over the last few years. Unfortunately, these issues um, interest people, interest different people to varying degrees. And although there's no denying that accurate and accessible information uh, that is non-selective uh, is extremely important. Um, some students might, might feel a little bit removed from uh, the, the, the deeper underlying issues. Now, they would, go, they would go away knowing a little bit more about history that wasn't necessarily taught in schools, uh, but they aren't always aware of deeper underlying issues like CMIO, for example. So, I mean, I appreciated the digs at the diversity right at the beginning of the play, um, but I, I don't know how many people would. Yeah. Uh, with regard to the second point, which was, you know, what would my students take away from this work? I'm, I obviously hope that they are motivated to continue the conversation that there is something that inspires them to continue to either do more research or to discuss it among their friends. Um, but perhaps uh, a challenge that they might face uh, to do this would be uh, being able to attach themselves to a recognizable tension that uh, ought to have been explored a little bit further in the play so that it's something that they have seen before, experienced before, and therefore would be able to discuss a little bit more. And of course, so one hopes that they too are members of a reading group or a book club, which is what I appreciated about the play also, because I am a member of a reading group, I am a member of a book club, and the fact that the actors sang in Chinese, wow, I, I, and learned how to play instruments, for, and, and from what we understand, within a very short period of time uh, is very commendable <laughs> as it stands, yeah. Great, thanks, Carolyn. Nabila, do you want to, you last? Yeah. <laughs> you can see we organized this very well. <laughs> um, okay, so, um, I've got notes. No, no, I can go. I'm just struck with, um, the, in a way, the difference between what Corey's, what Corey takes away from it which is kind of a deep appreciation for how, how the work goes into history and places it on the stage through these embodied experiences. But then the question that Carolyn brings to it is how, how would um, a younger generation of, of Singaporeans, people that she interacts with all the time, actually what their interests in it would be and if, we, if they were brought into the space, what they would take away with it. Um, I, I, when I watched it, I think, like all of us, I, I would say, I mean, the, I thought the performers were exceptional. 
I thought that um, you know they remained in control of their material and they remained in control of the different characters that they had to play, and it really helped to enliven the work. I also really appreciated these directorial moments, um, which I thought was a hallmark of Glenn Gooey, um, him of the enlarged um, giant penis from Hotel. Um, and you know, for those of you who saw it, you would know what I was talking about. Um, but you know, I found it in that example of the skeleton, Yasin, which to me was um, this moment of, of kind of levity and, uh, and, and absurdity that I felt really allowed the audience to kind of have a bit of a break because the work was very dense, right? It was deeply historical, it was deeply researched. And as much as there were attempts and there, that the whole work was about bringing these rebellious, um, un, uncooperative individuals, dissidents or activists, I guess you would call them, um, on stage, and I think that was very exciting. But of course, you know, it is in the end, uh, the breadth of history of the work was a lot for, for us to take. So I, I really admired the direction and I also admired the performances. Um, for me personally, the conceit of the six friends, the six Facebook friends who were kind of united by this anti-colonial fervor, um, and then who, who, who then express it through a very nerdy reading group, and then an even nerdier kind of attempt to kind of stage the works. I, I, I liked it. I thought it was it made for good theatre, but I did want to see um, I did want to see more about the relationship of these contemporary Singaporeans to each other, because as much as we're it's a work about looking back and trying to put in characters that have maybe been sidelined by an overarching arching um, narrative about one man, um, you know, I want to see the effects of that history played out in the relationships between these characters. I think that they, it was there, it was definitely there, but personally, how I felt was that um, it was subordinate to the bigger historical purpose that the playwrights had, which is absolutely their right. Um, so that, yeah, I think that's, that's my one point. Um, my biggest sense of disquiet, though, has to come from the fact that I think to respond to one of the things that Corey talked about, this work comes within a longer stretch of um, works where artists in Singapore have been responding to things like the Jubilee and then the Bicentennial. Um, and um, so it's not really about Merdeka itself, but I think it is about the fact that for the past few years, artists in Singapore have by force as well as by interest had to respond to colonialism, which personally, um, if I look at the region, for example, um, colonialism seems quite old to me, right? It post-colonial, post-post-post-colonialism, and the interrogation of the colonial heritage seems like quite an old topic, as much as it still has urgency in how we live, and I acknowledge that. So. Um, I'm just thinking of some of the works that have been kind of gaining a bit of attention regionally. A lot of it has had to do with um, the post-colonial 1960s nationalist governments, uh, for example, um, and some of the, you know, the ethnic conflicts that have happened. You think about Indo some of the works that Indonesian artists and Malaysian artists have been making. So my question really is um, that, you know, in some ways, as much as that we are constantly having to and we should be responding to the larger zeitgeist, um, I would really love to see uh, work that doesn't just respond to 
what the national celebrations are. Okay. All right. Um, to kind of add on to Cathy's point, first of all, I wanted to preface everything I'm going to say now by saying that I like the play. <laughs> um, and I've just... Yeah, and, I've, and I think we all you know, like the play, but we've had one week to think about the things that we wanted to talk about today and also to kind of like open up uh, some entry points so that uh, to get some of your responses. And we're quite aware that some of you would have just watched the play and I feel like there's kind of like a difference between um, like the fresh thoughts from watching the play and, and kind of like the exuberance of watching the play together and the idea that it's communal and it's a new space for Wild Rise and having one week to think about it. So that's a disclaimer. Um, for me, I feel like um, the idea of what Corey was saying about reenactment and the power of reenactment. Um, I kind of have two thoughts about it, and they're kind of, and they're both sides of the coin. So one is whether reenactment is empowering, or are we kind of just re um, rehashing old stories, but not quite um, pushing past the point of um, you know what's past, like what what happens after that, basically. Um, and there is. Uh, there is a, um, an advantage to doing that, right? Which is um, kind of like the theory of reenactment in theatre, which is um, the idea of redoing past acts um, can provide a way for reenactors to re-become what they once were, or to re-become re what they never were, but wish to have been or wish to become. Uh, and also this quote from Richard Schneider, which is the past materializes as a corpse, recalled and reanimated in mimetic bodies of the present, a lingering presence not entirely uh, not alive. So this idea of like kind of like the ghost of the past haunting us um, is kind of like the strength of reenacting in theatre. But for me, as like someone who's had one week to think about it, as I've said, um, my the question that I kind of was more interested in was like, so what, or what now, which I felt came uh, quite late in the play, uh, where the character of Sue, you know, asked like, okay, we have all this information, what now, right? And in the play, the, the answer was, oh, we are a reading group, so we read. Right? There, was one, there was that answer. And then there's the un other answer, which was, we'll put on a play. Right? Which is basically pro probably how Alfian uh, and uh, Haibin were trying to deal with this idea of how to decolonize through theatre. So um, that was one. So I, for me, I really wanted the so what question kind of like answered or at least stumbled through. But um, I, I didn't get that personally. Um, and touching on the ending of the play that they chose, which was to um, re-perform re or basically uh, read or revisit the um, Sukarno speech in the Bandung Conference of 1955, which for me was a very... I mean, I don't know how everyone um, felt about it, but I was uh, quite saddened by the ending. It made me feel really, really sad. Um, but having thought through... Um, how I really felt about the play. After a while, I actually, and this is gonna sound really strong, but I actually felt almost emotionally manipulated to feel sad at the end, um, when actually I'm angry and I wanna know what the solution can be or what we can do. Um, and it's almost like when you're already sad and you listen to a sad song, you know, like, I'm already sad, but I don't want to feel sadder, you know? I want to know what else we can do. Um, and that's kind of like how I felt, I felt uh, that's how I felt at the end. Um, and I, I went to um, 
because I'm not a, I'm not a history student or anything like that. I'm not an academic at, at all. But I went to re uh, look at the Bandung conference and like what that was uh, about. Uh, and obviously, it was about like the African countries and the Asian countries kind of coming together. And in 1955, they were one of the one of the reasons why they had that conference was to actually talk about decolonization. In 1955. And in 2019, we're still talking about decolonization. So has the conversation actually, you know, evolved? You know, whether it's yes or no, but that was quite an interesting point. And then the second was that it was um, Sukarno's first major speech delivered, delivered in English. Uh, and it was actually written by a British and Australian citizen. <laughs> um, and, and so that sat really weirdly for me as well. So, you know, like all these interesting things that... that, that I mean, obviously, there's, there's reasons why they didn't delve into that. There's a lot of uh, politics involved in, you know, making a speech on a, on a kind of public platform. But, yeah, so for me, the ending, I didn't really sit super well with me. Um, but I think it's because, like we were discussing before, like decolonization is a process. And, yeah, 1955, we were talking about it. 2019, we were talking about it because it's hard. And especially in Singapore, I think, with English as well, you know. Um, so that's how I feel. But I like the play. <laughs> Corey, do you want to respond to that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I have very similar um, thoughts about... Um, yeah, I think, I think too often we desire a kind of... Okay, I want this performance to give me an answer now to this kind of conundrum we find ourselves in. And I think it's okay for, for different states or regions or countries to come to this question... Um, as and when they meet it. And I think Singapore is a particularly unique um, place to be negotiating with this because we've been often fed kind of a very strong singular narrative of how we came to be, um, what our kind of self-actualization is. And it's very difficult to unpick something that has been told to us since we are seven, right? I mean, I've, I find myself struggling with a kind of embodied dispossession every day about trying to, to counter the narratives that we've been we've been given from a very, very young age. And I really love what PJ Thumb says in the program that history is an argument. And I don't think necessarily that one strand of revisionist history unmakes another strand, but that they coexist and inform and converse with each other. Um, and and to me, that kind of tapestry of, of stories that we've been getting over the past few years is part of that process of unmaking and remaking. I think one of the most poignant lines that I remember from Tiger of Malaya is that when we are faced with this double bind that we have to be you know, politically pragmatic and, and, and kind of try and win at this structure we are in, but also try and also find a way out of this, uh, find a new kind of imagined um, um, path to follow. I think it's a very difficult kind of co-optation that we, we face. Um, and I find that we are all collectively, whether through art or performance or in other academic pursuits, trying to negotiate the co-optation that we face um, and how to find a way out of it. And it's not easy, which is why I don't expect Madeka to give me answers. And I'm, I was thrilled with kind of the navigating that they are already doing. I mean, even though she, she says, what now? It is already now, they've already kind of gone through this process of reckoning with themselves. And perhaps, you know, before we encounter, I mean, I've, I've mixed thoughts about this. One of them is that, you know, before 
perhaps we need to absolve the kind of, or resolve the anti-colonial, I mean, a lot of the, the figures that we see here were, were, were anti-colonial, um, like Subhas Chandra Bose, who of course have very different um, views on liberation, uh, on anti-colonial uh, anti uh, kind of movements as opposed to Gandhi, his other contemporary. But, um, you know, maybe we have to kind of look at these ghosts of anti-colonialism past before we move to kind of the, the, the kind of very difficult, thorny, decolonial messiness that we encounter. Because decolon decolonization is also not about like, okay, everything the British do, we do opposite. You know, that, that's not quite it. Um, and, and, and I can't, for example, I can't give up English as a language I love and take pleasure in. Um, and by the same time, you know, it's also, I don't think it's also about nativism or essentialism or kind of glorifying certain kind of ethnic um, attributes or, or traits. Um, so I think it's an incredibly difficult process and what we see here that um, Alfian has been struggling through is, is his kind of process of unmaking and remaking. And, and perhaps, you know, as, as someone who's moved into academia, the way I, I argue these things is perhaps through writing, but I see that um, Alfian and, and his collaborators perhaps are working through argument as performance. And it's really amazing to kind of see that um, it was like knowledge production through a completely different form, which I really, really um, appreciate that. Um, do you think that, you know, when it says, when the question is raised, what next, is that a question for the audience, for those of us who watched it? Because I was just thinking that there was that, but there's also that moment where, um, not in this production, actually, not in this version today that you would have seen, but actually for those of you who saw it in other nights, the audience was actually invited onto the stage to actually have, uh, yeah, to look at the, at the works that were in these vitrines, right? And, um, yeah, so maybe, I'd, maybe you know, this is a good point to actually ask those of you who have questions or have a response to it, did you feel, after watching it, did you feel that that question was directed at you? 